0: And I tell you that, and your audience that, because I think it's important that you don't have to start big. You can start with a simple game, a simple app, and 10 years later, then he became the big, big deal, rich, wealthy, uh, tech innovator at Microsoft. But he started with something small, like a tic-tac-toe game.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Beautiful Grind podcast. Currently, driving down the road to Arizona with my family. Uh, I was editing this podcast with Rachel DaCosta. Uh, Rachel DaCosta is currently a part of the Congressional App Challenge. And on this podcast, we talked first about how she got into computer science, kind of the difference between uh, back then and now, uh, what exactly con- the Congressional App Challenge is. Finally, finishing off with kind of practical advice for how students can get started in software development, and how Bill Gates started with software development. And you know, as you guys know, Bill Gates is this huge computer science guy. He started Microsoft, I mean, you guys know that. Uh, but I think you really got are really going to be enjoying this podcast. Uh, I enjoyed recording with Rachel. She is very personable, and there's a lot of really good content in here. So without any more delay, let's get right into the podcast.
0: Wow, well, what I, where I started off is in the 1980s, my parents bought a computer. Um, I'm the generation where, when we started writing our school essays and our school reports, we if you really wanted to be fancy, you would type it on a typewriter and the computers came along and allowed you to edit text so that you didn't have to print it and make corrections you could make them all on your computer so my parents bought a computer it came with this free computer programming language called gw basic gw basic stands for gates william which is also the name of the microsoft founder bill gates uh, his full name is William Gates. So, so he hand in creating this language, and I went to the library. I got a book, and I taught myself how to code uh, in BASIC. And I created my first app. It was um, a test, a math test for my little sister. She was at the time learning pluses and minuses, like what is one plus five? And so it would randomly ask her 20 questions Uh, For basic math, and if she got it right she got the next question if she got it wrong It would ask her three times before telling her the right answer So that was my first app and then I went to college. I chose software engineering. I ended up coding Um, After college I worked with air traffic control systems and other fun computer programming stuff And then I went to the United States um, Capital End up working in uh, the Internet Education Foundation, which the which is the organization which hosts the App Challenge, and now that I've had twenty years under my belt in working in computer science and software engineering, I get to promote it to a new generation of coders. So I feel like I've gone full circle.
2: Wow, that's so cool. I mean, it's really cool to see like you started in high school and you started teaching yourself how to code because that's how I started as well.
0: I think there's a myth out there that you have to have a perfect teacher who has a PhD in computer science to teach you to code. The reality is a lot of the basics you can find at the library in the book or online, there's lots of free tutorials on YouTube and other free websites. Um, on the Congressional App Challenge website, we list a whole bunch of free resources. It's even easier now than it was when I was a kid and actually had to walk to the library. You could just do it from your computer at home. So yeah, I, I really think that coding is not as difficult as people think it might be, and you'd be surprised what you can learn On your own, even if you're a teenager, because I was 12 years old when I started teaching myself. How how old were you?
2: Uh, I was
0: 16, I believe.
2: Yeah, 16. There you
0: go. There's nothing we can't do when we're young.
2: There's so much power in laptops and so much knowledge that you can gain, and even you know, reaching out to mentors as I've done uh, to kind of show me along the way of more difficult coding because. I kind of started out doing projects uh, such as, you know, creating programs that help me do my homework for me, uh, things like that. Right. And um, then from there I wanted to kind of get a more like realistic idea of what coding in a job looked like and what creating a product looked like. So I did the congressional app challenge last year and I learned how to actually that's when I really did my first big project and that's when I created a game with my friend Ethan and we made it to, second place in our state i believe our i call it our state but since we're the only region in our state that does it uh you know i call it our state because of that
0: that's fantastic i think that's a great example of people just getting together with your friend, figuring things out getting a mentor you can do anything if you could come in second in your state um at your age i mean what's the future? maybe you're the next bill gates maybe i should get your autograph now
2: <laughs> uh I don't know about that. But um so yeah, I mean this year I'm planning to do it again. It's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be a fun project that we have coming up. Uh it'll be interesting cuz we're actually creating through Amazon web services. It's uh it's pretty cool what the congressional app challenge does. Um and I think it's kind of cool how you've kind of gone through the professional side of things. You've you went through as a software engineer and now you're really trying to give back and set up this uh opportunity for other high school students and people who are in their teens to figure out what it means to code and create these apps and then get some recognition for it and, you know, meet some other cool kids.
0: You know, what I love about my job is, I mean, I have to take a step back. It's not just me promoting it. It's really United States Congress. And you know that Sometimes politics gets to be a little bit polarized in America. You're either for or against something, and some people get really upset about things. But what I love about this contest is that it's bipartisan, meaning whether uh, the politician or the member of Congress is Democrat or Republican, almost all of them agree that this is a good idea, that we should encourage youth to get into coding younger. And so I, I really have to salute Congress for coming together business to say that we're gonna promote computer science and STEM in our districts among our youth because we care, we care so much about the, sub, the subject that we wanna really encourage and um, you know, champion our local coders. Um, so I, I think I have to salute Congress because they're the ones that really got this created uh, several years. I'm mean, almost like four years ago now. They had a a resolution that passed in in um, in committee to create this, and uh, you know I have to give credit to them. I, I'm just the vessel. Really, members of Congress are the ones that are the ones that created that.
2: Well, it's cool to see the partnership there still, and you know uh, I think it's really awesome what you guys do. And you said that you do you work with people in Congress directly to kind of help get this program set up and, you know, continue working on different developments of the program.
0: Definitely. I mean, we're in our fourth annual contest this year in 2018. So every year there's more and more members of Congress who are interested in um, hosting a challenge in their district. Sometimes, as you know, um, Congress is a changing environment, meaning people retire, new congressmen and congresswomen um, get elected. So sometimes it's getting new people kind of initiative to what this, what's going on, how this works. So yeah, we do, um, my colleagues and I do work with members of Congress with their offices, both in Washington, D.C. and in their local districts to get them um, familiar with the whole project and what I can say is that sometimes members of congress are a little bit confused because they're like "Uh, you know is is coding really in my district I'm not in Silicon Valley I'm not in New York and then they host a contest and they realize that even if you're not in the traditional tech hubs there's a lot of coding that happens in your district whether it's even the banking industry and they've you know they've used technology in so many different ways these days that no matter where you are in America, there's technology in your district. And it's great to encourage young people to get in on these skills that are going to be required for the jobs of the future. So um, I really enjoy this whole process and this whole um, initiative. I think it's positive in every shape, every way possible.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, You know, I can understand how, you know, members of Congress may not be aware of what tech is in their uh, congressional districts are, uh, you know, even what the program would be promoting. Uh, Most recently, you know, we kind of saw the Facebook or the Facebook kind of talking to Congress and half of it was them explaining the technology behind Facebook. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean that's the reality is that not everybody, especially members of Congress, you know, there's very few of them who have a computer science background. I think there might be even one or two. So this is new to them too, as you could, as you saw during the Facebook hearings, and the Congressional App Challenge plays a role along with the youth who participate in showing members of Congress that this is really something that's everywhere in America, not just in Silicon Valley. So I'm going to salute you too. by you participating. You also were part of that um, that process of getting members of Congress to understand that this is really everywhere. I want to also add that you know rural America, some people might think that those are the places where nobody's going to care about tech, but a lot of things that farmers do these days are technology focused you know i've i've seen these automated machines that either cultivate crops or put um you know they put water on crops automated based on the weather that's the weather patterns that predicted or the temperature outside you know a lot of that is automated through technology so no matter where you live even in the rural farming areas of america there's tech there too
2: yeah. And to touch on that note, uh, I actually know this guy, Neil Milet, he runs a pretty big farm and it's really cool. I mean, whenever you go to see his farm, right. So you'll walk up and I'll just be sitting there, you know, to greet you and I'll be like, Hey, what's up? And then you'll just see tractors running around his field and they're running themselves. And you'll see wow. you know, they, like all this automation that's been, you know, implemented into his farming and you know, he'll still hop on from time to time. Cause he really likes the sunrise and sunset and to, you know, view the Indiana skies, as he says, Uh, but it's, it's really cool to see, you know, how there's that tech tie into farming. And, you know, as you look all around farming, there seems to be, you know, tech is exploding into that industry almost as it often does in the many industries. And it's really exciting to see the growth there and the opportunities
0: that are there. I totally agree. I totally agree. Tech is taking over everything. Now, I'll share a little bit of an anecdote. Um, I wear insoles in my shoes because I have funny feet. <laughs> and the last time I, maybe like five years ago, the last time I went, they had to make a whole cast of my foot. It was really heavy. And then you have to walk around with this heavy cast of your foot whenever you want a new pair. But when I went to the... Uh, the foot doctor last year they took about five pictures of my foot and the pictures were inputted into this software and they made a mold of my foot digitally in minutes and I just thought wow they've even used technology for this to make it a lot faster easier more efficient and I can't imagine what You're going to do Brady in the future with your newfound programming skills, what that's going to look like in 10 or 20 years when you're the ones creating new things to make my life more efficient.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, even now, like, you know, using Amazon's framework AWS, there's so much, you know, power there. Because 10 years ago, to do what I do on a daily basis uh, would cost over $3 million just to set up. Whoa! Um, so it uses what's called a lambda function right and uh, this is on again the AWS framework and you can create mobile apps in under 24 hours you can uh, utilize really scalable databases and the technology is really exciting and you know if you find an interesting enough problem then you can really uh, pursue anything you want with that any type of solution that you want with that because one the technology is so powerful and accessible It's free uh, and it's just, you know, as long as you have creativity and you have some perseverance and you can go through the process of creating something, then, you know, really the sky the limit there.
0: That's amazing. I am not 100% familiar with AWS, although they are a sponsor of the Congressional App Challenge. As you know, you get a whole bunch of AWS um, voucher points for if you win your district so um, I think it's fantastic though that you've been able to use AWS to further your um, computing uh, engagement so I myself look forward to using that on my personal projects I have another quick anecdote that might be fun for your audience Um, everybody knows who Bill Gates is right yeah well he started coding when he was a teenager I think he was about 13 or 14. Do you know what his first app was?
2: I think I read an article that was like something about note taking or something. I'm not certain though.
0: I read that it was a tic-tac-toe game. Oh. That you would play with the computer. And I tell you that and your audience that because I think it's important that you don't have to start big. You can start with a simple game, a simple app, and 10 years later, then he became the big, big deal, rich, wealthy uh, tech innovator at Microsoft. But he started with something small, like a tic-tac-toe game. So I want to tell that to people because sometimes it gets a little bit Daunting when you start coding and you think you're gonna start by building something next spaceship or something Start small just like Bill Gates and then build on that
2: Yeah, um, I took a intro to computer science course last year uh, And we really you know, we made some cool games We had a lot of fun kind of building up figuring out how to use the framework that we were using as well as you know Make some cool fun games with that and it was kind of cool uh, we made tic-tac-toe games like you're talking about. We made games that were like, you know, collect this gem, and it was collect the gem game. there was also uh, like a World War II fighter jet game that was really cool. And even in these projects that were kind of laid out for us and we were shown how to do, there was a lot of room for you to just create cool little features that made your game original and you know different. And uh, I found that the, I found that there was a lot of opportunity in creating something fun and cool. By following a basic model to get your basic setup done, but and then making it your own by you know doing the small things, such as you know, my game uh, traditionally the game was only made to run in one direction, which was forward, but I made mm-hmm. it so my game could go in any direction and I would have enemies spawning from different directions that I could go after and chase. And there are special items that I added, there it was, all these cool different things that we added.
0: What I love about computer science is that it's more than just coding, that there's a little bit of artistic creativity that comes in. There is presentation skills, because once you build your app, you have to present it to potential clients or your teacher or your friends, and that means you have to learn to speak clearly and present it. There are so many skills that go into making a game, and I think the Congressional App Challenge is a great vessel to build all of those skills, not just coding, but presentation, public speaking, art, because I think making the app your own and adding those uh, extra features is really a a work of art that you're working on, like a bit of a Picasso. If if I say my opinion, I think it's a bit of a Picasso move. So, I mean, congratulations on doing that. I encourage everybody listening to do that also.
2: Yeah. And, uh, kind of just to close up for anyone, uh, how can they get involved in the congressional app challenge? You know, what would you recommend them to do, whether it's reaching out to mentors or even like a project idea? Cause you know, it can be a daunting task to just start something completely new and it can be a little frustrating when you hit your first obstacle that you can't exactly figure out.
0: Well, first of all, I first encourage People listening to go to our website congressionalappchallenge.us. On our website, you'll find free resources to learn to code, um, and I would also check out YouTube for tutorials on how to do stuff. And then there's a couple of websites I'm sure you know what they are, Brady. That that give you um, ideas when you get stuck. You go to this website and you might find the solution. You know which one I'm talking about?
2: I'm thinking Stack Overflow, GitHub, That's right. or some other thing.
0: <laughs> That's right. Stack Overflow is one of my favorites, GitHub too. So whenever you get stuck, you're probably not the first person to get stuck on this problem. If you Google it or look, look on Stack Overflow, you might find somebody who had the exact same problem that you had, and you read for the solution. Um, and I would get registered as soon as possible because the deadline is October 15th, so that's in about a month. It's coming up very quickly. Just know that we accept apps that are not complete. If you have it half done, that's okay. Um, Also know that you're only competing with people in your congressional district. So you're not competing with all of America. You're only competing with other coders in your district. So your chances of winning are in, in your district are a little bit higher because we don't just have one winner for the whole country. We have one winner per congressional district for, I mean, the maximum would be, I guess, 435 winning teams because that's how many uh, congressional districts there are. So I know that you're going to, if you're starting out with coding, you will get stuck. You'll spend some time on something you won't be able to figure out right away. I suggest strongly, this is an exclusive on your podcast that I'm telling the world for the first time on any podcast. What you need to do when you get stuck is pause. Step away from the computer, take some time out to pause so that you can just, your brain can take a bit of a break. Number two is persevere so after you take a pause you come back and sit down in quiet space and think about it and the last thing i want to say is that the skills that you're going to learn from getting stuck and getting unstuck you're going to use for the rest of your life Because life is going to be full of obstacles where you get stuck on some kind of problem, whether it's school, whether it's work, whether it's with friends. You're going to have to take a pause, reflect, and come back with a fresh perspective on those problems. So these are the skills that you're going to use for the rest of your life, coding or not. So I encourage you to get started, and whatever you build, even if it's half done, please submit it. We are happy to encourage all youth to get started on code.